chapter 8, beginning at the 42nd verse. St. Luke, chapter 8, beginning at the 42nd verse. If you have it, say man. Amen. If you need a minute, say wait a minute. All right. Are we ready? And it reads, I'm sorry, the 43rd, 43rd verse, I'm sorry. And it reads, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood was stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. And sayest thou, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman, and when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched them and how she was healed immediately. And he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. The subject I want to borrow on this morning is this is it. This is it. An American media talk show host, actress, producer, philanthropist, Oprah Winfrey is best known for her self-titled multi-award winner talk show, which became one of the highest rated programs of its kind. Uh, it was nationally syndicated between 1986 and 2011. She'd been ranked the richest, the richest African-American woman of the 20th century, the greatest black philanthropist she is the first African-American billionaire in this time. According to some assessments, she is the most influential woman in the world. Winfrey was born in poverty in rural Mississippi to a teenage single mother and later raised in the inner city Milwaukee neighborhood. She experienced considerable hardship during her childhood, being raped at the age of nine and becoming pregnant at 14. The son that she carried died at infancy sent to live with the man she calls her father, a barber in Tennessee. Winfrey landed a job in a radio show while still in high school and began co-anchoring the local news of the age of 19. Her emotional ad-lib to the show eventually transferred her to daytime talk, to arena boosting her third-rated local Chicago talk show, The First Place. She launched her own production company, becoming internationally syndicated. Created, credited with uh, creating a more intimate confectional form of media communication, she is taught to have popularized and revolutionized the tabloid talk show genre pioneered by Phil Donahue. By the mid-1990s, she had reinvented her show with a focus on literature, self-improvement, spirituality, though criticized for unleashing a confection 
of culture promoting controversial self-ideas and an emotion-centered base. Oprah then goes on to publicly announce on her show one day that the only way that, uh, that there is more ways to get to God other than Jesus. Perhaps Oprah did not read John 14 and 16 when she read, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to my Father except by me. But what would you think after all that trauma Oprah went through as a child being raped at the age of nine, pregnant by 14, the child dying, it would deem to be her favorite word should be Jesus. But can I pause and tell you that when trials and tribulations are hovering over you, when the storms of life are raging and you're tossed, turned, and driven by the angry sea, and it seems like you're traveling on a road of broken pieces, the name of Jesus is the only thing that will be able to connect you to the Father God. He, this, 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 this connection will give you peace in the time of trouble. This connection will make you forget about how much your bills are. This connection of peace will make you write checks on faith. This type of peace will make you lay down and give your life for a friend. This kind of peace will give you comfort when it is that you need to be comforted. I got to continue. Michael Jackson, an American recording artist, an entertainer, a businessman often referred to as the king of pop, or by his initials, MJ, is one of the most recognized, successful entertainers of his time. He, he made more hits than the Cookie Factory. He, he had all of these things going for himself, but could not cope within his personal life. The seventh child of the Jackson family, he debuted on the professional music scene along with his brothers as a member of the Jackson Five. Then in 1964, he began his solo career. Uh, I mean, excuse me, in 1971. But Michael growing up in his childhood, it was rough. Stripped of his innocence, he was not able to go to the zoo or amusement park, oftentimes chastised for minor mistakes done by his father, leaving Michael never wanting to grow up and stuck in a childlike mentality. After the years of abuse by his father, his, his kindness was taken for granted by the media. His fans uh, allegedly charged him for taking advantage of children. He went to court and he, he was uh, found not guilty in 2005. It was believed that Michael was suffering from depression. He was suffering from issues that were inside of himself. He could not properly express the way that he felt because he was afraid about how people and what people would think about him never quite understanding uh, in itself that he was a household name, that his music adjoined people from all walks of life. But in 2009, uh, Jackson found himself to launch his final tour entitled, With This Message, This Is It. In the late summer of 09, Michael would die from complications of stress, depression, and cardiac arrest induced by a sleeping agent prescribed by his doctor, Conrad Murray. Yes, sir. Oprah, who was sexually abused, and Michael, who was physically abused, was mishandled at an early age, was left them with years of pain, heartache, and antipathy, trying to figure out why did this happen to me. The reason why it happened to them is because it was all a part of God's plan, his purpose, and his will. And if it did not happen, he would not have gotten the glory for it. But a person much wiser than me, much smarter than me, wrote these words. The prettiest smiles hide the deepest secrets. The prettiest eyes have cried the most tears. 
the kindest hearts has endured the most pain. And oftentimes, people who are seated on your row has endured nights of tears, has attempted suicide in a way to escape from pain, to escape from psychological trauma and a, of the memory of what hunts them when it is that they go to sleep constantly dreaming about what it is that happened to them when they were young, constantly going back and forth of why did this happen to, to happen to me. They're sitting on your road with thoughts of ready to commit suicide right after they get out of church. They can't figure out why the rape happened. They can't figure out why the molestation took place. They couldn't figure out why they were taken advantage of. This led them to believe that this is the only way out. The reason why this, this led them to believe is because the enemy has put something inside of them that says you cannot overcome what it is that happened to you. Yes, and the reason why they, they get so bent out of shape and they're afraid to open up is because church people who claim to love God aren't trustworthy and not reachable and think they're so holy and up above everyone else. When it is that you walk down the aisle, they're whispering about you. When it is that you, you get in your car, they said, I can't believe she drives that. When it is that you, you go to the store and you see them out, they won't even speak to you. And it leaves the question wondering, why does the church have no youth today? The, the reason why the church don't have any youth today is because people are too caught up in their suits and their dresses, their dress codes and positions to even think about what it is that we're going through. The, the reason why, they, they're so quick to judge why her dress is so short. Has it ever occurred to you the reason why her skirt is so short is because her father never loved her the correct way. So she found out if she wears short dresses, the splits that come up in between her thigh and the heat rush and Chanel 5, she gains the attention that every man that passes by to try to fill the void that her father left open. Has, has it ever occurred to you the, the reason why she wears so much makeup that you talk about when she comes to church because she tries to hide the pain that's on her face, the scars and the bruises that's on her face from the abusive man that hit her because she chose to come to church and refused to let him have the chance to slide in between her legs. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, has it ever occurred to you the reason why he wear his pants so low is because no one never told him how smart he was. That they just ridiculed on how he's going to be just like his daddy, how it is that he's going to grow up and never become nothing. They just ridiculed him and ridiculed him so much that he said, I might as well go out to the streets. Has, has it ever occurred to you why it is that he, he sells dope? Did it ever occur to you that his mother uh, is a single parent and she couldn't afford to, to buy him the shoes that he wanted, couldn't afford to do the thing that he felt that she should have been able to do. So he chose to show, uh, sell drugs because his father was absent from the home and be a provider as the man that his father should have been. And, and the only reason that he, he does not go to college is because no one stopped by the corner and told him that he was smarter than selling drugs. He, he's, just, he's, he's really a businessman selling the wrong product. But instead, you, you pass judgment on them because they don't look like you, because they don't talk like you. How dare you look at them when it is that you have an issue for yourself? 
when it is that you're going through the same stuff they went through, when it is that your parents is on welfare, when it is that you thought about selling drugs, when it is that you used to wear the short skirt and be in the clubs and do all that kind of thing and drop it like it's hot. How dare you look down on them? But you got it all perfect now because you come to, to New Mission every Sunday and you sing in the choir and you got a Cadillac outside and you got all of these things. But it took hard work, but you won't even stop to lend a helping hand to somebody who's trying to get to where you're trying to go. So as a result, we got young men getting killed, young women getting raped. Prostitution is at an all-time high because people like you just come to church on Sunday but not minister the other six days of the week. You wonder why our downtown looks the way that it looks. You wonder why the, the women talk the way they talk. You wonder why they walk the way they walk. Who it is that they paid attention to when they were coming up? Who, who is it that they, they looked up to? They didn't have you as a role model, so they turned to Channel 34, 329 on DirecTV, known as the Black Entertainment Channel on television. They learned how to become a lady. They learned that, that dropping it like it's hot was cool. They, they learned that spreading their legs and shaking their, their behinds across the, in, the, in the club was cool. They learned all of this stuff because you didn't have time to teach them the way that they were supposed to go. And it comes to find out now that they have all of these issues because they're trying to cope with what it is that they're going through. They're trying to cope with the pain of their past. They're trying to cope with not being taught the right way. They're trying to cope in this building and this building. They're just coping and they're creating all of these addictions and all of these kinds of things for themselves. And the reason why they're trying to cope is because they never had nobody to step up and lead them in the right direction. Only thing they had was to, you to tell them to pull their pants up. Or only thing they had for you to say, you need to close your leg. How about you live the example and, and, and show us the right way? But as we arrive here in Luke, 4,380 days. Approximately 105,120 hours for a total of 144 months that equals true 12 years. There was a woman having an issue of blood. She had this constant flow where literally the life was draining out of her. She had this flow and, and the, the life simply means that it was like leeches sucking the life out of her. And there's some people that you're connected to that's literally sucking the life out of you. Always asking to borrow money, always needing something from you. But when it is that you need them, they can't pick up the phone and say how it is that you're doing. Leviticus said it this way, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. I want to know what can wash your sins away? What can make you whole again? What, what can make you, uh, who can forgive you when it is that you do something bad? What can wash your sins away? 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. It, it was the blood that saved you from sipping on gin and juice. It was the blood for, that saved you from dropping it like it was hot. It was the blood that saved you from lying and cheating. It was the blood that saved you from bumping and grinding. It was blood that saved you from Chris Brown 3 in the morning. It was blood that kept you from your ratchet way. So how dare you look down on me when it is that you have an issue for yourself. But this issue of blood is suggested by some theologians as extended menstrual period. It, it's suggested to be, some say it's hemorrhaging. But all the thing that we see here in this text is that it's a constant flow of blood. That there is no relief when it comes to this situation. Have you ever been in a situation where it seems like there was no way out? Yes. Where it seemed like everything you tried to do failed? Yes. Every option you tried didn't work. You yes. pay one bill, you got to pay another one. It seemed like you never had no money. It seemed like when you, the friends that you thought you had backed you up against the wall quit calling you, quit texting you. Because it is, you asked to borrow $20. Yes. Can you imagine the, the psychological state of this woman with this issue of blood? Where the law states, uh, where the law states that everything she touches is unclean. Everything that she lays on is unclean. Even if she walks past you and she rubs against you, you're deemed to be unclean. And since it is that we have so many things that's going on in our society that seems to be unclean, we see it and we don't do anything about it, so that deems us to be unclean. So for 4,380 days, she was unclean. Walking the pavement with this issue, walking up and down the street, passing by all of these people with this issue of blood flowing for 4,380 days. She was the outcast in the society. The fact that she was a woman downplayed her socioeconomic status. She wanted to be healed so bad, she spent all of her money on physicians who couldn't help her, but couldn't provide her any type of relief. Yes. And like many of us, we find ourselves investing into people who don't have the ability to really help us in the long run. You, you find yourself investing into no good Negroes. You find yourself investing into uh, uh, ratchet females. You find yourself investing into all of these things that ultimately have no end but to destruction. And, and you, you see yourself wondering, why is it that I can't find no relief? Why is it that I seem like I'm going through and I'm coming out, but it's just like something else comes down on me? I can't find any relief. After, after she invested all of her money into the physician, she made up in her mind, I can't take it anymore. I'm tired of the bleeding. I'm tired of the cramping. This has been going on for 12 long years. Is there anybody that's been in a situation that's been going on long enough and you said, I'm tired. I, I can't take it no more. I'm tired of him coming home later. I'm tired of the, up, the, the, the consistency of him not being around. I'm tired. And I just can't take it anymore. Is there anyone here that said, I'm tired of, of stressing out over no good people. I, I'm tired of, of being broken. And I'm tired of being broken up with. I'm tired of being depressed. I, I went to the psychologist. He couldn't help me. I went to the pastor. He couldn't help me. I went to the marriage counselor. and He couldn't help me. I'm stuck, but I'm saved. 
I, I, I can't get out of this situation. I, I'm, I'm calling on all the prayer warriors. They can't seem to pray me out. I'm stuck in my mess. God, I, I need you. I don't know what else it is that I can do. But when she came, when this woman came behind Jesus, she pressed her way between the people. And sometimes when it is that you come and your circumstances come against you, when it is you have to come behind Jesus. You have to look behind you and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. He maketh me a path to lie down in green pasture. He restores the still water for, for his name's sake. So, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I will fear no evil. Jesus, where are you? I need you. And I can't get along without you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this woman pressed her way through the people. Yes. The odds seemed impossible to reach him. Right now the odds may seem impossible against you. But how many here has a but God testimony? It may seem like you, you don't have enough money to finance your education, but God. You just got laid off your work, but God. You got more bills than money, but God. When it is that you're going through your situation, but God. I may have cancer, but God. I may be stricken in my body, but God will make a way. I'm going through, but God. The storms of life are raging, but God. The winds may blow and the lightning may flash, but God will supply all of my needs. So here it is, this woman pressing through in spite of what it is that she's feeling on the inside. With a but God in her spirit. But if I can just touch... The, the hem of his garment. If, if I can just touch. That, that's all I, I need to do. I don't even need an announcement. I don't need to be introduced. I don't need to be escorted. I ain't trying to cause no sin. But if I can just touch. The hem of his garment. I, I know that everything will be all right. So she's making her way. She's making her way through the crowd. She's passing through, and she finally sees enough leverage to touch Jesus. But, but you don't know what it is that it took for her to touch Jesus. You don't know what it is that it took for your neighbor to get here. You don't know what it took for them to walk into church. You don't know what it took for them to get to this place. They said, if I can just get to church where Jesus is, I know everything will be all right. If I can just touch The hymn of his gong. If, if I can just hear the choir sing my, my favorite song, if I can just hear the preacher quote one valuable verse, I know that I can make it through the week if I can just touch. So she came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And it did not say later on, did not say next week. Did not say in a couple months, but it said immediately her issue of blood was staged. And right now, is there anybody here that says, God, I need you immediately. I got too much going on to wait on you. God, I need you immediately. God says, I'm reaching down my hand, waiting on you to touch me. Is there anybody here that says, I just need to touch? I, I, 
I don't, I, I, I felt like I've been through some, some things and I felt like that, you know, I, I had a bad week. I felt like that I did some things I'm not proud of, but if I can just touch, if I can just reach my hand, I ain't even got to say nothing, but if I can just wave my hand, I know that he can feel me. I know that he can see me. I know if I can just touch. If I can, if I can just touch. And Jesus said, who touched me? He, 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 he looked around and he was confused. He said, who touched me? Was it, was it you, Peter? No. Who touched me? He looked around and he said, I, I, I can't figure out who it is that touched me. Peter said, well, when all denied they, they said to him, Master, the multitude was pressing against thee. Do you know how many people it is that's right here, right now, that could have possibly touched you? But God said, when it is that you reach out your hand of faith, he said, whatever it is, I'll be able to understand who it is that touched me. So he pressed through and says, thou who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me. For I perceive when they touch me, power, virtue has gone out of me. And I felt something pulling on me. I felt something grabbing on me. It was just a light touch, but I felt something in my spirit. And sometimes God has to get down in your spirit and say, who touched me? So, so Jesus is there wondering, wondering why, who, who touched me? I, I can't figure it out. Who touched me? This unclean woman who ain't even supposed to be where all of these people were said, I don't even want to say nothing to you. I just want to touch you. I, I know that if I touch you, everything is going to be all right. I know if I can just lean on you a little bit, things are going to work out. I went and spent all of my money when I should have went to you first. But if I can just touch you. If I can just touch the, a piece of your clothes, I don't even got to touch you. I just want to touch the clothes you got on. I, I just want to get in, in the crevices of, of the material that's been stitched together. I just want to touch you. I just want to pull on you a little bit. I want you to be able to feel what it is that I'm going through and when it is that she touched him. God said it was a different kind of touch. It was something uh, so so real, something so peculiar about that touch. It felt pain in that touch. I felt something when she touched me. I, I felt like I, I could not hold on. I felt like I couldn't let it go. I turned around and said, who touched me? Is there anybody here that says, God, I need to touch you? God, my, my situation is, is so bad, but I just need to touch you. The enemy's trying to make me believe that what I did was wrong. What I did last night was wrong. It might have been wrong, but what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Is there anybody here that says, if I touch him, the blood is going to make me whole again. When I touch him. I know everything is going to be all right. When I touched him, I was already clean. She was unclean. But when she touched you, something happened. And she started to change. And the blood immediately stopped to flow. When she touched him, 
She wanted to know. She he wanted to know who it is that touched me. And, and this woman saw she was hid. She came trembling, falling down for and before him and declared what it is that happened to her. She said, Jesus, when I touched you, something happened to me on the inside. I I can't even explain it, but something happened. I started quivering on the inside and the blood stopped falling. I looked around and I felt better. I felt it when I touched you. I felt everything was going to be all right. She began to confess, God, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just touched your robe. I, I, I just touched your, I didn't even touch your, your skin, but it was something inside of your robe. She said, no, it wasn't nothing inside of your robe. It was your faith, baby. Is there anybody here that got some crazy kind of faith? Is there anybody here that said, I know by the end of service, he's going to bring me out? Is there anybody here that's going to say, I'm more than a conqueror? Is there anybody here that says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want? He touched me. something when it is that she touched me and when I touched him I felt the connection and immediately it stopped my blood stopped flowing and I felt like I was here and I felt like I can run on a little while longer I felt like that I can take off of those dirty clothes and strip what happened to me when I touched him I said, only thing I need to do is touch him. But when I touched him, everything was all right. Only thing you have to do is reach out your hand and say, God, I need you. I can't get along without God. I'm reaching to touch you. When it is that she, she fell down, she began to declare, what a mighty God I serve. He brought me out of darkness and turned me into marvelous life. Victory is mine. The enemy told me I wasn't going to be here. The doctors couldn't do it. But when I called on doctors, everything turned around and I felt all right. Hallelujah. Is anybody here just say, when I touch him, I just said, hallelujah. Hallelujah is the, the highest praise. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your will. Hallelujah to your way. Hallelujah. Has anybody got some, some crazy faith in here? Does anybody need a, a bill paid? I dare to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah to your will and to your way. But, but when I got up, I was healed immediately. And he said, daughter, be of good comfort. In other words, don't worry about what it is that happened. I know you were going through, and typically we hear this in funerals, but he said, weeping may endure for a night. I know you were going through, and you had some long midnight hours for 12 long years, almost 4,000 and something days, 12 long years, but weeping may endure for a night. But, but something, something happened. Something happened when we said, but God, but John. 
joy. Something about when joy shows up. When joy shows up, he brings his cousins peace and they have a party, but joy comes in the morning. Is anybody waiting for morning to come? Is anybody here that said, I'm waiting for morning to get here? But joy comes in the morning. And I declare to you that now is morning time. What happened yesterday is no longer weeping and do it last night. But when I touched him, joy came in the morning. Things started turning around. When I touched him, joy came. Yeah, yeah, joy, joy came. Is anybody here that got joy? <laughs> Is there anybody here that knows the joy of the Lord is your strength? Does anybody know that it was joy that woke you up this morning and joy that started you on your way, that joy paved the way for you to go? It was joy that kept you from danger seen and unseen, that growed you in the car of grace and mercy. It was joy that guided you all the way down 71, 75, 275, however it is that you got here. It was grace and mercy and joy and peace that got you to your destination. How many people say, I got joy? She made up in her mind. She said, this is it. <laughs> I'm not going through this no more. I'm not going to worry about what happened. This is it. I'd rather lay down my life than suffer. I paid out all my money. This is it. Has anybody made up in their mind? I'm not going home to the same mess no more. This is it. I'm not going home to what she did to me. This is it. I'm not going home to my no good. Uh, this is it. It ends right now. This is it. Is there anybody here that said, this is, this is it? I, I got joy now. I got peace now. I got good tidings now. This is it. The winds may blow. And the lightning may flash. And the thunder may roar. But God saw me through all of that. And when I was in my storm, I rode in on broken pieces. What, what I was traveling on, it couldn't hold me no more, but I swam on broken pieces, and I traveled all the way to New Mission just to tell you that joy is coming. I, I've been broken down. I've been beaten. I've been confused. I've been talked about, but I got joy. And, and since I got joy, I, I, I bought a car of grace, and I bought a car of mercy. Yeah. Put peace in the gas tank because I knew it wasn't going to run out. And then when I got into my car, I started it up and it was sweet. I thought the car didn't start, but something started happening. And the enemy got behind my car and he started pushing me. And he started talking about me and my car started moving. And he tried to knock me off the side of the road. But grace and mercy kept me and peace was in there. And I knew that my seatbelt was locked into Jesus. And I knew everything was going to be all right. Is there anybody here that can say, this is it? 
I've been down. I've been stressed out. I've been talking about, but this is it. Tomorrow is not promised, so I ain't even going to worry about it. But today, this is it. When I take my next breath, I'm going to declare this is it. I'm not messing with what happened last breath, but this is it now. My faith has went up to another level, and I declare that this is it. This is, this is it. So now, since, since this is it, you have to make up in your mind that you're going to let go of what it is that happened to you back then. You can't carry it over to this is it. You have to leave it back in the past because now this is it. This is your time. This is your season. This is it. This is right now. Tomorrow may not come, but today this is it. And I know a person who got all power in his hands. He got heaven and earth. He got the little bitty babies in his hand. He got the whole world in his hand. Does anybody remember singing that song? He got the whole world. In his hand. But since he he got the whole world in his hands and I declare this is it, I say, I had some good days. And and I had some some bad ones too. I had some rough sides of the mountains. I've been going in and out of the valleys. But I understand now that God is the God of the hills and the valleys. God will pick me up and turn me around. I understand that now that I'm connected to God the way that I am, nothing that the enemy can do can come against me. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. I understand now that this is it. I've been through some some hardship, but now this is it. I've been up and I've been down, but I understand that this is it. I don't, my feet almost been leveled to the ground, but I understand that this is it. I don't know when I'm coming out, but I understand that this is it. I know that if God be for me, who can be against me? I understand now that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am alone and the joy of the Lord is my strength. God, if he be for you, who can be against you? He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He'll walk with you and he'll talk with you till you you are his own. And when you get to the point, you say, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. He picked me up and turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. And when I get to the point, I feel like I can run on a little bit longer. I feel like I can jump a little bit higher. I got joy in the morning. Joy in the noonday. Joy in the evening time. I got joy. I got joy. But is there anybody here that can say, after I got joy, I got a a yes testimony. I I got a a yes to his will. And I got a yes to his way. And whatever it is that he wants me to say, I'll go where it is that he wants me to go. I'll do 
what it is that it wants me to do. I'll go if it tells me to go. I'll walk where it tells me to walk. I understand now that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. When it is that I touched him, I felt something change. I felt something go up. I felt something go down. And the joy of the Lord. I got joy of the Lord. Joy in the morning. Joy in the noonday. Joy in the evening. Joy when I'm up. Joy when I'm down. Sometimes up and sometimes down. Almost level to the ground. But something got a hold of me. I went to a meeting one night and my heart wasn't right. But when I walked out the church, something happened. He pulled me and he made me whole. My faith taking me to another level. My faith walking me down the street. My faith got me to where I need to be. Is there anybody here that says, I got faith?